and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. All right. You got your Bibles? Good. Let's get into it. Turn in your Bibles with me tonight to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We're going to read from verse 1. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. And I saw our Bible reading plan. We're reading the book of Exodus. Was it Exodus? In November. Who follows the church Bible reading plan, by the way? I love it. God speaks to me out of it all the time. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. When you're ready, say go. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Menunites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in, however you pronounce that word, let's have a go. Is this on Tamar? That is En Gedi. Those of you been on the Israel tour, we went to En Gedi. Alarmed, verse 3, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek Him. In the 1920s, a phrase emerged to describe someone that was especially talented. That phrase was, uh, you hear it mainly in basketball terms, and that is triple threat. Who's ever heard of triple threat before? Triple threat essentially in basketball is when a player has the ball and they have three options available to them. That is, they could pass, they could shoot, or they could dribble. That player is called referred to as somebody who has the capability of acting out something that is a triple threat. They are in the vantage position. It's also applied to other uh, aspects of, uh, I suppose, society. Say an entertainer. You can get an entertainer who's a triple threat. That is, they can act, they can sing, and they can break it down like Michael Jackson. That person is a triple threat. It's applied also to an editor. That is that person who can edit, they can write, they can design pages. And they also say in the film industry, there are some rare people in the film industry who have the ability to be able to write, produce and direct. That person is a triple threat. In 2 Chronicles, We've just read a passage of the story of an invasion. This invasion was a surprise attack. Uh, It was without notice. Judah had no idea that there was a formidable force that was coming against them. It was, in other words, unexpected. This formidable force was a combination of three powerful empires who joined their, uh, I suppose, their strength to come against the people of God. That is the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Meunites. 
And also the mosquito bites and the termites were in there somewhere as well too. So in other words, the Bible is trying to make a point that there is overwhelming odds against the people of God. And so they have one plan, and that is to destroy God's people. What's the plan of Satan? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Satan has no other plan except to steal from you, to kill and to destroy. That is his plan. That is his end goal. One Bible commentator said that this attack against the people of God was like a clap of thunder in a clear sky. And in some ways, what we've experienced in the last couple of years is really that, a surprise attack. You could not have, three years ago, thought about this thing called COVID and really what the effects of that would be globally and the impact that it would have on people's lives, lockdowns, not leaving your postcode, all those wonderful things, exercising one hour a day outside your house, and on and on and on. And in fact, it's one year ago, in fact, next Sunday would be one year since we returned to in-person services. And so this effect of what's happened in the past couple of years, how many of you know it was a formidable force? What I've seen during this time is not only uh, the lockdowns and all the You see me twitch every now and again, it's because I'm thinking about it. (laughs) It's not just what we had to endure, but, and the separation of family. And for some of you, you have family interstate and and your inability to go and visit a loved one. And, you know, when you'd hear stories on the radio of someone whose mum or uh, a family member had passed away and they couldn't even cross the border Uh, to go and see a family member, it it was heartbreaking stuff. Uh, I read a story about uh, a young footballer in Victoria whose mum passed away in Western Australia, but because of the hard border lockdown in Western Australia, obviously he couldn't get across. And so one night with his mates, they just decided to just go and drive through the border. They tried to bypass police, but What they didn't realise is when you cross the border of Western Australia in the middle of the night, it's not too many petrol stations, so the police actually found them on the Nullarbor without any fuel. But my heart broke for a young guy like that because all he wanted to do was to go to his mum's funeral, nothing else. And it's been interesting to watch what we went through and, and some of the other things that came. And I've seen people go through all kinds of emotional turmoil. And it seemed as though if there was ever a time where hell unleashed its fury, uh, personal problems, personal financial problems, challenges, uh, relationship breakdowns, uh, people disconnecting in their relationship with God and and on and on and on. I, I can't think of a time when I've seen people not just feel the effects of COVID, but also go through personal challenges, things in their family, uh, things that they had gone through that you really could not predict. It was unexpected. And what I find fascinating about this season is that it all seemed to come in one hit. 
come on, who knows what I'm talking about tonight? It, it appears as though, just like the people of God, it was a triple threat. That is, it was coming from every angle. And I will say this about my own life. And that is, I cannot remember a time in my own personal journey where I felt a triple threat. It was coming strong from every single angle. This attack against the people of God in later on in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12, look at their response. They say, we have no power against this, watch this, great multitude. This was big. And these people acknowledge their weakness and they say, we don't have the power to actually defeat this, nor, watch this, nor do we know what to do. And I've seen people come under this immense, this this, uh, uh, outsized, unmatched attack, leaving them, watch this, the fruit of this, the fruit of this situation is, we do not know what to do. And if you're anything like me, I'm the kind of person who, I wanna know what to do. <laughs> I kinda wanna know what's next. I wanna know the next action step. I wanna know the plan. I wanna know how to do it, when to do it, the timing of it, how far to reach, how little to reach. But this left the people of God in a place where they, come on, they did not know, not know what to do. Have you ever been at that place in your life? Maybe this has been your story over the past couple of years, where you feel as though from every angle, come on now, a triple threat from, watch this, one battle to another. Why is it that it seems as though there's just been one battle another battle, you get through that one, and then there's another battle, and on the other side of that battle is Mike Tyson. (laughs) And you've seen the goodness of God, and you've seen the blessing of God, but you're dealing with the Moabites, the Ammonites, whatever they're called, and the Meunites. One battle, trying to crush you, trying to pull you down, and it's coming strong. So the people of God in 2 Corinthians or 2 Chronicles, excuse me, chapter 20, verse 12, they say that we've got no power against this multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But watch this, here's the key. They say, but our eyes, come on now. We don't understand, but, but. We don't know what action step to make. We don't know how it's going to work out. But Jesus, our eyes are upon you. And it's almost been, for many of you, this has been your experience. Ammonites, Moabites, Meunites, Termites, they're all coming from every angle. You don't know what to do. But what you have done well is you've said, God, My eyes are upon you. So let's talk about this tonight. Let's talk about three things that uh, we've engaged in and where I believe God is now taking us to. 
first thing we've got to recognise is that behind every triple threat, there are spiritual causes. I genuinely believe what's happened in the last couple of years has been spiritual. Uh, yes, we live in a fallen world. It's a cursed world. Uh, there's always going to be trials. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But He said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. But the Apostle Paul makes it very clear on how we are to deal with the spiritual mafia. And he says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. How many of you know that your real foes, come on, your real foes are only disguised in flesh and blood. And as long as you believe or perceive your battle to be on a natural level, you will, be, you will continue to be intimidated by the enemy. The enemy, Satan, was the controlling power behind this triple threat. It's not a person, it's not people, it's demonic forces, demonic hosts. And we need to recognise tonight that we as the people of God, we are in a spiritual battle. It's not a battle against a person. It's not a battle against a situation. This is a spiritual battle. Paul says to the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, lest Satan should take advantage of us. It says, don't be ignorant of his devices. Do you know that Paul spoke of Satan more in his letters to the Corinthian church than any of his other New Testament letters? And it was the church that actually Paul corrected the most because Paul saw the signs of demonic attack against the church at Corinth. And so church, we need to wake up tonight in our spirit and realise there are evil forces, there are demonic forces, there are satanic forces that do not want you. The church does not want us to succeed because wherever we go, we bring the light of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the first experiences I ever had with understanding this, I was about 17 years of age. My youth pastor said, Brad, taking you for dinner tonight. That's a good youth pastor right there. He knew my need. We go to a place in Perth called Northbridge. Northbridge has restaurants and a lot of people who like to party. Amen. And so we park in some back alleyway somewhere and, um, and we're kind of walking down this alleyway and this dark alleyway and in the distance, I could see these guys just sitting around in a circle. As we came closer, I could see that they were, they were, they were on a Ouija board and they were, they were into some kind of black magic. Now, I never said a word. All I did was get close. My youth pastor was just on the side of me. As we got closer, within just a couple of metres, they all turned and looked at my youth pastor and high and they put their hands over their faces like this. And this is what they said. We see light, we see light, we see light. 
My youth pastor turned to me and he said this to me. He goes, spiritual forces are real. And I knew on that day that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. It's not about people. It's about what's happening in the realm of the Spirit. There are spiritual causes to what's been happening. Which leads me to my point number two, and that is a spiritual battle then demands spiritual weapons. Come on, we have spiritual weapons. God has given to us spiritual weapons. And we've got to learn to face the enemy, not with natural strategies, but with spiritual strategies. Yes, we are human, but we don't wage war with human plans and methods. Human methods cannot defeat demonic forces. What are our weapons? Prayer. Come on, any prayers in the house tonight? The Word of God, faith, love, the power of the Spirit, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the finished work of Jesus on the cross. We've been granted spiritual weapons. And if we try and deal with this season in our own strength, in our own thinking, in our ability to craft up a plan, we're missing it. We've got to recognise that God has granted to us spiritual weapons to deal with the triple threat. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That is, these aren't natural, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. There's a lot of people with strongholds. The enemy wants Christians to have strongholds. A stronghold, essentially, as the word suggests, a strong hold. <laughs> Another way to put it, it's a mindset which accepts a situation as unchangeable. That is a stronghold. And the devil does his best to tell you the situation cannot change. You'll always be depressed. You'll always have anxiety. You'll never get married. You'll never be prosperous. You'll never succeed in your job. You'll never enter the ministry. You'll never see that family member saved. It'll never happen to you. That, as we entertain it and listen to it and allow it to get into our spirit for a word for someone tonight, you'll never have a child. That becomes a stronghold. Now watch the verse again. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. Some translations say through God, through God. Come on, it's not our strength. It's, come on, it's the person. Come on, church, we're gonna wake up in our spirits tonight. It's the person that we are going through. He has all authority. His Name is Jesus, come on. He has all power. Satan has been defeated and his natural language is to lie. These weapons are so powerful that the Word of God says that they can pull down what? Come on, strong holes. Amen. Through God. I love Psalm 60 verse 12. It says, through God, we shall do valiantly. It is He, come on, who? treads down our enemies. Scripture goes on to say in verse five, casting down imaginations. 
Her imagination is so powerful. It really is. Uh, I was talking uh, to Lloyd and Fee about this today and the enemy loves to craft in our thinking an imagination or perhaps a, a different way, if you're taking notes tonight, to write it down, is a mental construct. A, a mental construct that causes you to contemplate waiting, come on, for that thing to become a reality. That's the power of imagination. It's a mental construct that you contemplate, that is digest, think, consider, waiting for it to become a reality. Imagination here can also be described as an exaggeration. It's an exaggeration of something. Watch this. And the ultimate goal is to misplace Jesus. To move Him away from His position of authority in your life. Some of you tonight, you've let your imagination run too far. But the Scripture says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. They pull down strongholds and have the ability to cast down, destroy those wrong imaginations. These weapons that God has given to us are so powerful that they also have the ability to, uh, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So, so when the Bible here speaks about high things, essentially what it's talking about is that something that is not of God has been raised so high that it now supersedes God. Where? Here. Paul says, we've been granted weapons. We've been granted weapons to take authority over these things, to break these things, to declare these things. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, for the Word of God, come on, is living and what is it? Powerful. Now watch this. It doesn't say that the Word of God is living. It says the Word of God is living and, come on, and, say it, and powerful. Something can be living doesn't necessarily mean it's powerful. An ant is living doesn't mean it's powerful. A butterfly is living, it's not going to hurt you. But the Word of God is living and it is powerful. Come on, you have the Word of God. You can speak to things. You can take authority over things. You can bind things. You can break things. You can declare the power of the Name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have authority. I think one of Satan's greatest strategies in this season is to get you to believe, to undermine your position of authority. See, if you knew that you were a king's daughter, if you knew you were a king's son, you have access. Why? Because you believe it. But if you don't believe it, you don't believe you're worthy. You don't believe that you deserve those things that the King, God the Father, has granted to you as His son, as His daughter. He's undermining our authority. You need to know tonight, you have authority. 
You have anointing. You have a touch from God. I said to some of the team this week that the first recorded speech in the Word of God, watch this, was not actually a conversation. Do you know what it was? Declaration. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said. Enemy wants to undermine your declaration, get you to say things that aren't right, aren't true. Come on, you have authority. You have an anointing. Now, when I drove across the Nullarbor (laughs) about six weeks ago, definition of madness, but I did do it. Now, the Nullarbor, one of the things I noticed was how many semi-trailers there are. These things are huge, right? And you kind of just got to be very careful when you're driving 110 kilometres an hour and you've got all these massive trucks around. Now, that, watch this, that semi-trailer, it's got power. There's no doubt about it. That semi-trailer, come on now, if that thing hit a kangaroo, I mean, I like kangaroos, but I'm sorry to tell you, that kangaroo's got no chance whatsoever, not at that speed. But if a police officer stood in the distance and a semi-trailer was coming at 110 kilometres an hour down the road and that police officer just went like this, put up their hand, the authority that's been granted to that police officer, that semi-trailer must stop. And some of you tonight, you've let things run for too long and you're not using your authority to stand up and to say, stop in Jesus' mighty Name. Some of you have a stronghold about sickness in your family. That person had cancer, that person had cancer, I'm next in line. That person in my family had depression. Their parent had depression. There's a verse in Ezekiel that says, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. But later it says, but it shall not be in this generation. You, come on, you, you have authority. You have an anointing. You can speak to that. You're a child. You're a daughter of the King. You have, come on, you've got authority. Now I'm completely lost in my sermon because I was enjoying myself. Let's get back to the Scripture. So watch what Jehoshaphat does. Triple threat. Well, he proclaims a national fast. He calls the people of God to prayer. All the prayer warriors said. Now, There's another brother in this story by the name of Jehaziel. He's a cool guy. Just pops up on the scene. So Jehoshaphat, he's in charge. He goes, we're going to pray. We're going to fast. And this Jehaziel, he just appears on the pages of Scripture. Watch what he says about the situation. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 14. Come on, you're getting something out of this tonight. It says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. Come on, may the Spirit of God come upon you tonight. May the Holy Spirit come upon you tonight and remind you of your authority. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jeel, son of Matthew. Okay, he's got lots of peoples, right? Watch verse 15. 
And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. Come on, the battle is God's. Well, the king, he gets all excited by this prophetic word. And in verse 21 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, says he consults the people, that is, he goes and he organises the people. And this is, watch, this is, watch his weapon, watch his weapon of choice. It says, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. Now, in the natural, what do you do? Okay, we better sharpen the swords here, man. <laughs> we, we got a massive battle ahead of us. But in the spirit, what do you do? The king appointed singers. Come on, that is worship. Worship. Worship led the charge. You heard me preach a few weeks ago. What comes first? Come on, Judah. Judah means praise. What were they doing? Singing to the Lord and praising Him for His holy splendour. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Now you think about this. This was an odd troop configuration. You don't do that in the natural. It's like someone coming to punch you and you say, Pastor Karen, could you just sing a song for me just for a moment? I mean, you'd be like, hey, you know, ducking, weaving. Some of you are under attack right now. And you're trying to deal with it without worship. You've moved away from the weapon of choice. And that's worship. You're ducking, you're weaving, you're trying to figure it out. But God's saying, get the order right. Get the troop configuration right. Line up the singers before the soldiers. What was the king thinking? He's mad. <laughs> but he got it right because he understood the weapon of our warfare. And in this case, praise. I'll go to number three. The weapon of the strong is praise. There's no doubt about it. Who believes that to be true? The weapon of the strong, I could equally say, the weapon of the weak is praise. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have, come on, where? Out of the mouths of babes, Jesus said it, out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have perfected praise. It's the weapon of the weak, but it makes them strong. Jesus said, infants, but you went into a fight with a baby? Well, number one, never ever do that, because that's not good. <laughs> But you're definitely much stronger, I can tell you that. But Jesus said, you have, watch this, out of the mouths of, I'm going somewhere with this verse, out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have perfected praise. Jesus actually took that from the book of Psalms. He says, have you not read out of the mouths of, in the book of Psalms, it reads slightly different. It says, um, out of the mouths and uh, out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. Praise makes you strong. Praise puts you on the front foot. Praise destroys your enemies. Praise, come on, 
praise makes you strong. Can we keep going? 2 Chronicles 20 verse 22. Now when they began to sing and to praise. Come on, any worshippers in the house tonight? Watch what God did. The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, which is the Mennonites, who had come against Judah and they were defeated. Now we don't know exactly how they were defeated. Uh, some, uh, some teachers will say, uh, because of their pride, uh, you know, the army started fighting against each other. Uh, when we get there, we want this and no, we want that and blah, blah, blah. Bottom line is they, they self-destructed. They, they killed each other. And here's the truth. Praise, your weapon of choice. This thing that God has given to us where all we do is worship and lift up the Name of Jesus and we behold His beauty, we behold His splendour. We honour and we become so grateful for His love that He has for us. When you do that, the battle becomes, come on church, it becomes God's battle. God's battle. The enemy was stilled. Not only were they stilled, they were silenced. How'd they do that? How did it happen, I should say, excuse me? They worshiped the name of the only true God and they lifted Him up. Can we keep going? 2 Chronicles 20 verse 25, so Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder. They'd killed each other. They didn't even have to lift up their sword to fight this army, this triple threat, self-destructed. What did they do? They grabbed the plunder. They found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing. See, I was going somewhere with the clothes earlier. You thought I was messing around. (laughs) Actually, I didn't. I just made that up. I only saw it now for the first time. I was just trying to be very spiritual so that you would like me. And also articles of value. Watch this. More than they could take away. I prophesy that over our next season. As triple threat has come, it's tried to hurt you, tried to destroy you, more than what they could handle. This blessing was so strong, so powerful. We can feel the anointing right now. The anointing's flowing. There was so much plunder (laughs) that it took three days to collect it. What blessing. Come on, it's the year of the Lord's favour. Favour, favour, favour over you, favour. All you need to do is worship, worship. Lift Him up, praise His Name. If you're not convinced yet, let me give you Psalm 32 verse 7. Well, the whole front row, come and join me up here. You guys are gonna help me with an illustration now. Is that cool? I've chosen, just don't step on Cain's iPad. He will get very upset. I love this verse. Can I give it to you? It's not on screen. So you're gonna have to go home and and read this yourself. Psalm 32 verse seven. You are my hiding place. Come on, do you believe it? Come on, you are my hiding place, the Psalmist says. You will protect me from trouble. Come on, that's a word for someone. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. 
All He's asking me to do, come on guys, surround me now. Get around me, big circle, not too close. Like COVID safety. What if you left the gap? It's got to, you've got to surround me. All right. They're doing a good job. Problem is they're standing the wrong way. Face the other way. That's it. No gaps, guys. No gaps. No gaps. So here I am. Tori, did you just touch my bottom? It's Nick. Nick. I was about to get spiritual. Tori's my daughter, by the way. So, uh, Let's get those keys flowing. Oh, Holy Spirit. Thank You, Jesus. I worship You. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know. I don't understand. But all I do is worship You, Jesus. I love You, Jesus. I bless You. I bless You. I bless You. I bless You. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, You are the desire of my heart. You are the focus of my attention. You're the one that I hunger for. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but Your Word will stand forever. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema that comes out of the mouth of God. Jesus, I worship You. I don't understand this attack, but what I do need, what I do know is I long for You, I love You, I worship You, I lift You up, I declare Your Name, I declare Your goodness, I declare Your grace, I declare Your mercy, I declare Your power, I declare Your authority, I declare the Name that's above every other Name, the Name of Jesus. And the Bible says that He surrounds us with a song of deliverance. In every angle, every triple threat that the enemy tries to get in, there's protection from trouble. And that's why the Psalmist said, you are my hiding place. Stop trying to do it in your own strength. Begin to worship Him, lift Him up, bless His Name. He's your protection. Thanks, guys. You did a good job. Well done. Some of you, you're confused. Confused about the future. Confused about maybe what God wants to do in you and through you. Don't try and work it out. Just worship Him. The battle is the Lord's. Some of you, You're so mad at your workplace at the moment. Not if you work at Horizon Church, but. (laughs) I just saw a picture of you this afternoon, just praising God. What does He do? Surrounds you with a song of deliverance. Some of you, your house is, there's trouble in your house. Come on, turn off the TV, walk around the rooms, begin to praise God, praise God. Worship Him, worship Him, worship Him. Now here's the promise. This is what happens in the end. Are you ready for it? Who wants this promise? This is for you tonight. This is what happens when a triple threat comes. The blessing is so strong on the other side, but the entry point is worshipping Jesus. This is what happens. I don't know if you're ready for it now because some of you are thinking of midnight pizza. Some of you are thinking of the block. (laughs) But this is what happens. Are you ready? 2 Chronicles 20 verse 30. 
and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace. For his God had given him rest on every side. I could do with some of that peace, man. Not just on one side. The Scripture says on every side. Come on, on every side. On every side. Every side. What did they do? They put the singers first. And they worshipped. And there was peace some of you need rest. Battle is just a bit full on at the moment. Worship. And there was rest on every side. Whew, what a verse, Brad. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jesus. Rest on every side. Who's ready to worship? Come on, who's ready to worship? Who's ready to praise Him? Why don't we stand up? I said earlier, watch this. It's the closing of one door and the opening. Come on now, don't miss this now because this is prophetic. It's the closing of one door and the opening of a new one. What's the entry? And there was peace and rest on every side. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.